Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The state of Texas has sent an official request for border support to the Louisiana Department of Homeland Security uh, this past Monday. Jacques Thibodeau, the new director of GOSEP, the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, joins us. Jacques, welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon, Sheriff. How are you today? I'm doing well, Jacques. First, let me congratulate you on the appointment uh, to GOSEP, which we all know is an incredibly important uh, function that affects so many uh, lives and so many aspects of our lives each and every day. And we wish you the best. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So we know we got this uh, official request from the state of Texas. Uh, what can you tell us about the uh, scope of the deployment and, and how this will be handled? What it does is when it comes in as an emergency request under the Emergency Management Assistance Compact, and, and the first thing I'll say is, is Louisiana stands with Texas. They, they, they have helped us tremendously throughout the, the decades, and we've helped them back, and we've got a great partnership with Texas, Texas that is longstanding and will go well into the future. Uh, so they, they submitted an official request for military support uh, from the state of Louisiana. Now, what happens is when that comes in, it's our job at GOSEP to look at that request and make a recommendation to the governor as to whether or not we should staff it and then how do we staff it. So in this case, they asked for military support, and we recommended to the governor that it be staffed based on the agreement between himself and Governor Abbott. And it is, it is for military support in 350 soldier rotations for 30 days at a time. So a total of 150 soldiers over the course and will be a 90-day rotation. So we we moved that forward to the governor's office, and now it's 
it's at the governor's office and and just going through the the process of of how it will be staffed as uh you go through the assessment of the mission request uh do we know exactly what our our guardsmen will be doing in texas uh, yes sir it's it says very clearly uh, that it is for support along the border mission, uh, and it has them in a role that they are currently, the Texas National Guard is operating out of, uh, and it is basically military support to law enforcement authorities, which occurs uh, all the time in, in these type of events, uh, whether it be in Louisiana during an emergency or whether it be in Texas as they're facing an immigration crisis right now. This is not our first deployment either, is it? On, for no, this sir. particular I mean, mission. Absolutely. And what's what's not known is that Louisiana has already deployed soldiers uh, to the state of Texas for this mission uh, previously under the under Governor Edwards' administration, and, and this is the actual second deployment. Uh, and there's been some uh, messaging about that first deployment that there allegedly were some issues. I'm sure you've been briefed on that and, aware, and are aware of it. Is, is it uh, as we've read in the paper, or is there more to that story? No, I think what you see there is is there were some some uh, inst- situations that were investigated, and I, th- I believe they were dealt with by the Louisiana National Guard at the time. Uh, I can guarantee you that General Freeloo, and the, as the adjutant general of the Louisiana National Guard is not going to tolerate anything of that sort and this deployment, they're going to get 150 professional soldiers that are experienced uh, and going to behave in the fashion that we expect them to. And this, um, um, the acronym EMAC, right? Is that? Um... That's correct. Yeah, uh, I, I get them all. I, in, in, in the GOSEP world, there's a lot of acronyms. I remember some, but not all of them. Um, not uncommon to get this, correct? No, it, it's fairly common. It's, it's basically what we use as a tool across the nation for all the states to support each other. And, and it's not just the military. It also can be first responders. Uh, it can be uh, f- uh fire departments, it can be individual water purification units, it's the Emergency Management Assistance Compact. And what it is, it's designed out of the national response framework that comes and allows the states to to operate quickly. One request comes in, and once the other state decides they can fill it, it can move relatively quickly, sometimes in a matter of hours or days. In this case, the, the request has been moved through, and then now the legislature is the only one that can fund this based on the fact that Texas has asked the other states to help them absorb the cost. It is in the hands of the governor and the Louisiana legislature to determine the, the appropriate funding for this mission. If you would, uh, um, Jacques, if you would ex- explain for the listening audience um, – it's 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 kind of difficult to reject or, or to deny the request, right? Because you know that you're going to be making similar requests, uh, unfortunately, uh, as Mother Nature may deal. Who, who knows what challenge we may have? Um, so it's hard to to turn down your border states uh, when they when they put in an EMAC like this. And I got to imagine that there was a lot of thought that went into this by Governor Abbott before he made the request. 
Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, just to kind of put in perspective, um, you and I have kind of sowed the same ground together. You with the Jefferson Sheriff's Office and me there in the U.S. Marshals in New Orleans. If you remember Hurricane Katrina, we had every state. We had EMAC requests, and we had, na- we had National Guard soldiers from every state uh, that was here. So when you get one of these, it, it, you have to take them very seriously because – we we could, in fact, in a couple months from now, be faced with a storm where we need them to turn around and help us. And, and that's the kind of thing. The Gulf states really stand strong together because of all of the responses we have to, to all the storms. And, and that's what a lot of the other regions just don't understand is how, how jointly the, these states are tied together because of the Gulf and, and responding to all the hurricanes over the, over the decades. Uh, if you would address some of the criticism people are saying, you know, on the one hand, the governor has asked for departments within the state administration to cut to uh, look at uh, tightening their belts. And at the same time, I think, Y'all have been able to quantify the request because it is for a defined period of time and for a defined number of, of soldiers uh, at a spend of around $3 million. Right. And, and so you have to be able to do multiple things at one time. So when you're looking at in the emergency management world, you have to be able to, to for example, the governor has to be able to declare an executive order uh, declaring there's a law enforcement shortage in Louisiana that allows the sheriffs to hire uh, and gives them a suspension of a temporary period of time to hire additional sheriff's deputies. And you have to be able to staff EMAC requests like this, and you have to be able to do multiple things. The thing that I'll say is, as a, a different perspective for me, being 28 years in federal law enforcement, this, this affects us all. I saw the direct impact on illegal immigration and we had the naturalization ceremony right there in the federal courthouse. And every month I watched all those people that did it legally and were naturalized citizens and, and became citizens and how much it meant to them. And I saw the direct impact of illegal immigration. So you've got to be able to do multiple things at one time. And I understand that some people have reservations about this. The, the issue that comes into play is that if you don't address this, at the root of where it is, it gets worse for everyone else down the road. Yeah, and the, and the balance sheet uh, at any given point in time, in any particular month of any given year, doesn't always balance, right? And yeah, So correct. you have these you know, it, these requests that come in, and it may not be the best time for you to fill it, but, uh, you know, it's never the best time, quite frankly, in, in some respect, when you really think about it. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the, the circumstance we're talking now, right now, on the backside of we, we have a massive AT&T outage that's going on right now. That's another example. It's never the best time. There's no such thing as a crisis on your timeline. The crisis occurs yeah. on its own timeline, and if you don't address it, it gets worse and worse with time. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad you, you you articulated it as such because, um, um, and and I'll say it again, congratulations on your appointment. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you got the tiger by the tail, right? <laughs> and, and I remember having this conversation with um, with Governor Edwards uh, about the number of storms that came in. You know the fact of the. The, the number of emergency declarations, it seemed like that things were coming from all angles. 
and you wonder when you really have time to govern and manage because uh, it, there's a crisis around almost every corner. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's just uh, one of the things I tease people about, I have the worst luck in the world, and uh, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but but I asked for it, so I'm, I feel like I'm back home here at GOSEP, you know? Well, you might be the perfect guy for the job then for sure because <laughs> you're used to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, you know, it's certainly been a busy uh, eight weeks since I've got in. So uh, I think everybody's been kind of teasing me in the building that, uh, man, wh- why are you bringing all these things with you? So but but we're ready and ready to adapt and we're ready to serve the citizens of Louisiana and we're going to do well moving forward. Well, I'm, I'm sure you're uh, reading all of the uh, intelligence reports about these uh, cell uh, uh cell providers going down so we won't keep you any longer but thank you so much for joining us this morning we true we truly uh, appreciate uh, what you do each and every day and uh, appreciate you coming on the show and, and and sharing your thoughts about this important issue yes sir thank you for the opportunity i hope everybody has a great day you too my friend jock Thibodeau, director of gosep we will be right back folks stay with us this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're in day four of the crime special session, and uh, one of the state representatives that is handling a number of bills on behalf of the administration joins us, a good friend, Debbie Villio, Louisiana State Representative. Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Noel. Good afternoon. So, Debbie, a lot of conversation about the uh, uh, elimination, or not elimination, but the uh, retreat uh, from the amount of good time that can be earned by uh, 
and those that are incarcerated in DOC. Tell us about, you know, the motivation behind a bill and what it is that the administration is trying to accomplish. Sure, Neil. Thank you so much. Um, you know, what, what I've looked at, Noel, honestly, and this is the governor's package, but anybody who's listened to me from the start of when I was elected and, and took the well from the start is, is about uh, truth and sentencing. And, and what we've found is that certainty in sentencing is what really matters in terms of an effective deterrent. It's, it's not about the length of a sentence. Um, and it's about the high indeterminacy of sentencing here in Louisiana. Um, and so that's really what this, what this is about. People think that we're just trying to give longer sentences and ramp up the prison population. Um, but, you know, the relationship between sentence length and time served is not linear. Um, it's a function of that degree of determinacy. And um, so this we believe in, in what happens and in, in that, High indeterminacy is all those back-end factors that we have in Louisiana, and the back-end factors being the good time and, and the different sets of good time and, and, and then parole. Quite frankly, um, I have 18-page sheet checklists that DOC really has to go through and determining what somebody's release date is. And the state has ended up spending millions, I think possibly billions, in, in, in settlements. So if the state can't determine a release date, how are victims supposed to know the release date, how is the public supposed to know the release date. So that's really what it's aimed at. So when we when we say, though, that we're going to have a system that we're going to serve, a, uh, I guess, a minimum of 85% of a sentence in, in order to determine uh-huh. that, we know uh, from previous experience that the jail population or the prison population will increase as more and more individuals get um, convicted for DOC time. Oh, are we prepared? I'm sorry. I disagree with that, but go ahead and ask your question. No, I, well, it's, if you it's, disagree, again, it's, then... it's about, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's about certainty, you know, and, and what I've filed for the regular session and it's already published uh, is is a resolution, and it's a resolution directing the Department of Corrections um, to conduct a, a, a training piece on the the new sentencing structure, and then urging and requesting the Supreme Court and the Judicial College to train the judiciary on this. Um, generally speaking, courts determine sentence length according to an expectation of how long they think someone may serve. That's the whole point. And, and for example, under our current system, a judge that wants an offender to serve two years has to impose an eight-year sentence for some crimes. Um, and so we want to make sure the judiciary knows um, how this new system works so that there is certainty in sentencing. Um, and, and that's my whole point is we don't believe that it is necessarily going to ramp up the prison population. So then describe for me then how is it that we make the statement that people are going to be safer if we are going to train judges to moderate the length of sentencing uh, to get to where we were before, whether or not there was a, you know, you serving 35% of your sentence or 85% of your sentence, uh, then how, how does it work that we're going to be safer? Well, I guess to me, the the easy answer to that, and it gets back to studies will show that 
the both the swiftness of punishment and the certainty of that punishment is the most effective deterrent. That's just quite simple to me, Newell. And and it's it, the fact is that in Louisiana, um, there is no certainty um, of of punishment at all, and and and, and that's the whole problem. And and so in, in, if studies, you know, I, I hear from the opponents constantly about studies and data. They never bring anything, but nobody wants to listen when I say studies and data. And and, and the studies show that the problem. And, and the, the, the lack of deterrent is when there is a high indeterminacy of sentencing. I didn't make that up. Um, I didn't pull that out of thin air. I don't profess to be an expert on all matters. That's just a fact that that, that certainty is what is critical in being a deterrent. And, and by moving to this system, that's the certainty with this. So that, that's, it. that's the answer I would give you in terms of public safety. Yeah, I, I don't know that I, I necessarily agree with with the certainty argument. I mean, I do with the swiftness because we have a, we have a limited asset. Uh, the more throughput that we can have, and you and I used to work together on this, you know, in Jefferson Parish in in your previous life, um, you know, because when I when I look at clearance rates, for example. Um, in cities 250,000 or more, in, in counties 250,000 or more, violent crime clearance rates are at 27%. Uh, and it, it seemed to me that if we really wanted to impact and affect um, safety in our communities, that we would have a much stronger focus on the tools necessary for law enforcement to, to be able to increase um, that. Uh, one example would be the expansion of a DNA lab, uh, which would be huge from an evidentiary standpoint. Absolutely. I mean, you're a former prosecutor. Our prosecutorial sure. success rate in some parishes as opposed to others is abysmal. Um, and, you know, we just we're just not getting the, the numbers and, and the throughput. But it. it so one of the things the governor said is that uh, he hopes that um, that good time will be earned through the uh, the achievement, uh, uh, sure. achieving a GED, achieving a job skill, achieving, sure. you know, sure. relative to some counseling. Um, none of that is in this special session. How, how confident no, are you? No, that's really not. That's, that's really, I don't the, believe that's correct, no. Um, if, if you look at my bill, um, my bill is very um, clear because I insisted, you know, people, you know, want to talk about puppets and all that. Let me tell you something. I insisted on my bill that there is a component where you get 15 percent for good time. If you just want to be in prison and exist peacefully, you're going to. And that's important. Good behavior is important. You know that um, right. you get 15 percent. But right. if you want to rehabilitate yourself, you can shave off more time by sure. participating in the rehabilitative programs. Um, right. So that that's important, I, and that was important to me, and that is absolutely included in the bill. Well, I think you misunderstood where I was going. Oh, what I'm I was sorry. What, sorry. what I was what I was going to say is is that I, I I agree with the governor in that statement uh, that that okay. there should be. Uh, you know, some achievements that, that are to be made. Sure. What I don't see sure. 
And what I know to be the case is that the infrastructure in place right now in DOC, that the inmates that are in sheriff's jails don't receive Mm -hmm. any any of Mm -hmm. this stuff, and that a good percentage of those that do want to engage in some of this in DOC, that the capacity of the programs are not large enough in order to accomplish same. It's kind of the same comments that he made in his address to the legislature about drug treatment. This I know that you know plenty about because you and I worked together on it. I mean, you know, when I left as sheriff, we were making 2,900 felony drug cases a year. We, we had a drug treatment court capacity of about less than 200. Um, it's easy to talk about it, but it's hard to fund it. And I'm just curious as what the willingness of, of the legislature is going to be to fund the expansion of these programs in a regular session. And, and it's February. Where is today? I'm losing track of time. February 21st. Um, 22nd. One day, we're, one day we're, less we're in your special back. session. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm losing track. Um, but but we are doing everything we can. I can I can tell you it's like anything else. Um, where it's a priority, we will find a way to fund it. And I mean that sincerely. And we talked about that this morning. Um, it's funny that you brought that up. Um, you're absolutely correct. There are not enough. There are some of the parish jails that house DOC prisoners that have some programming, but we don't have enough um, in our jails, enough of the programming. In fact, that had everything to do with my bill last session that got passed and ultimately signed by the governor. Um, he had vetoed it. Governor John Bell Edwards had vetoed it the year before, and that was with um, nonviolent felony offenders who had four or more felony convictions. Um, and what happened last year is it was a team effort, and we funded a program, and, and, and we had everybody lockstep um, to show the governor, listen, this isn't about just locking up people for more time. This is about locking them up and giving them the, the access to the program they need to hopefully keep them from recidivating and coming back the fifth, sixth, or seventh time. And that step program was put in place about a month after Governor John Bell Edwards um, signed the bill into um, and, and, and law. And, and so you're absolutely right. We need to fund the programming um, that, that makes the difference in the lives because most of these prisoners are going to come back into our communities. And, and the only way we talk about enhancing public safety, and we need to enhance public safety, but we also have to facilitate reentry success. Um, and, and that's certainly what you're getting to. And I believe that there is the will. I believe that that is a priority of this administration. It is certainly a priority of mine. And, and that's what we are going to be fighting for. And I, I guess we will tell in in the next session, one way or the other, uh, whether or not that, that happens. Let us pivot sure. to parole. There's been some folks that have been critical of, yeah. you know, sure. saying that uh, unanimity of the parole board is not fair. I'm not one of those. If it takes a unanimous verdict to put somebody in jail, I'm, I'm not exactly clear why it wouldn't take a unanimous vote of the parole board to get someone out of jail. Um but uh, a lot of folks are not a lot of folks are not really uh, kind of aware of how the parole board works and how 
appointees are made to the parole board. Is that something that you're in a position to explain? Well, I mean, that is not my bill. I'm not carrying that. If I remember correctly, I think that is Senator Patrick McMath that's carrying it. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe currently the board make it, I believe that appointment by the governor. Um, And I believe the board makeup right now, it maybe takes three of four four parole, and and I'm not certain on that. I can tell you last year um, I was of the mind to bring a bill that required a unanimous vote of the board, Um, but it was a fiscal session, and we were limited to five bills. Um, And the reason I was going to bring it is the same reason you brought it up, just brought up. Um, if we're going to require unanimous verdict, and I, I'm not saying I have a problem with that, um, it doesn't seem unreasonable to me to require un- unanimity on on the parole board. Um, but yeah, that that's not my bill. It hasn't crossed over to the House yet. Um, but I believe that those are governor's appointments, or at least um, the majority are governor's appointments. I believe. And, and potentially with the ratification of the Senate, so I would be lying. I, I'm, I'm not that weak. And my, not that and my apologies. I confused your House Bill 11 with another bill because I know that you have one. House Bill 11 does uh, oh, address a number of I the provisions. House bill, uh, House, yeah, House Bill 9, I believe, um, essentially abolishes discretionary parole. Um, And so that's a big one. That's okay. I believe that's the headlines that made today uh, was probably that bill that um, it it abolishes discretionary parole. And that may be the one you were thinking of. Right. Um, As as it relates to probation, and I know that you Mm -hmm. uh, have, um, you know, sanctions for violation of probation and parole conditions in in House Bill 11. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there a thought process? I mean, you know this as well as I, because we used to discuss this all the time as well, that the caseload of uh, probation um, and parole is so out of whack to the national average. Is there a thought process of how we can expand uh, that? Because that's something I think that is uh, really is a public safety issue in many respects. Yeah, um, my understanding is, and again, you know, when we talk about justice reform initiative, um, like anything, there are things that that worked and there are things that that, that didn't, in my opinion. Um, One of the things that, um, from a metric standpoint, that worked was the lowering of of the cases of the probation officers, which is really important in order that the probation officers can better monitor those under their supervision from a public safety standpoint. Um, The reality of what happened is while we lowered their caseloads, they were just reassigned um, to other duties, Um, and, and that really wasn't the intent either. Um, so, in my opinion, there has to be a focus on, um, you know, the probation officers and, and, and whatever we have to do, funding-wise and, and, quite frankly, recruitment-wise, um, in, in order to ensure um, that we have the, the right number and they have the right caseloads. Because you're absolutely right from a public safety standpoint, that has to be something that is front and center. Yeah. Do you understand? Do do are, are do you appreciate sometimes? Uh, I guess some folks, and I get calls in here all the time, and and, and myself included, a, a look, 
kind of a level of cynicism or skeptic I should say skepticism um, as it relates to this funding issue in light of the governor asking the department heads to find places to save dollars because we are going to be in you know facing a functional fiscal cliff here in the not too distant future according to him and and there's big concerns about whether or not we're going to continue on with the uh, uh, state sales tax um, and not repeal that as as has been promised and as I look at at kind of the tick sheet uh, on on the back of a, a napkin assessment you know calculation it's hard to believe that we're going to be able to fund a lot of these things and there are folks that, yeah, that I, are a I little get, skeptical get, about that sure i get the skepticism um but what i would tell you is in order for this state to grow um economically um and it, we have to address crime first um oh, no doubt. you know you know me no you know me um i ran for one reason and and i'm, I'm doing exactly what i came here to do and and my platform was always public safety and support of law enforcement and, and support of victims. And um, so, in my opinion, our money has to be spent there first. It has to be the priority um, in order that we can grow as a state. I mean, I, I say it, but it seems to just be, I don't know if it's lost on everyone or they just, like, just ignore it. It goes in one ear and out the other. But the fact that Louisiana is number one in homicides for the 35th year in a row, I want to tell you, I, I don't know why that doesn't shock people more, uh, because it's pretty hard to stay number one in anything, good or bad, for 35 years straight. Yeah, uh, I, I don't disagree with the you. country in violent crime. So it has to be, we have to find the funds um, to be able to, to fund the criminal justice system. No one measures the cost of the revolving door to local police, sheriffs, and district attorneys in our district courts. You know, when we talk about JRI, it wasn't a savings of tax dollars. Nobody saved the taxpayers' dollars. Those dollars just went to somewhere else. And in some programs, the performance wasn't even measured to know what programs are really working well and which are which are saving, which are serving the most number of people and where we're getting the most bang for the buck. Um, our insurance costs for vehicles stolen, carjacked, the home burglaries not to mention the loss of life and, and serious bodily injury. Those are all real costs. And at some point, this state has to get real about this crime rate. And 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 we've got to figure out something that works. Um, God willing, uh, we will be on the right track. And God willing, uh, we make it a priority to fund and also to back the blue in this effort. Um, you know, and, and, and that's just something that I believe we need to do. You know, when we look at House Bill 11 regarding the probation violations, I mean, the Department of Corrections stats show how probation violations have been cut in half. That's because we have people who are on probation that aren't being revoked for offenses. And when we say technical violations, you know, yesterday in the committee, they're acting like they're not crimes. No, no, no. We're talking about in technical violations. The people have to know. We're talking about absconding. We're talking about testing positive for drugs. We're talking about convictions for misdemeanors. Um, and, and so it's not okay to put somebody on probation and then let them continue to thumb their nose at the law 
and think somehow we are enhancing public safety or even helping that individual to not recidivate. Um, and with all of the JRI, despite what everyone says, no, we spent, that we being the state, spent $70 million on recidivism reduction. At best, it reduced it 3%. That is with the COVID years, and that is with the evisceration of probation revocation. So in my mind, simultaneously, crime increased, violent crime and homicide increased. Am I blaming JRI? I'm not blaming JRI, but what I'm telling you is JRI, for all intents and purposes, did not reduce recidivism. When you have 3% with their limited definition of recidivism and the courts were shut down with COVID and you had the probation revocations reduced by half because of all of the technical violation stuff, I'm sorry, we did not get the bang for our buck of $70 million. Well, you know where I stand on that issue. I never believe that that any time we talk about reinvestment, I've not seen it really work in many nope. places with, nope. without without an initial investment being made in a commitment to certain programs. And the big thing here in this state, and I think yep. you would agree, we, we keep talking about a system. This is anything but a system. There's nothing systematic about what we're doing. And I really hope that in yeah, the very near future that we start focusing on that, especially in the juvenile crime arena. And I know you know where I stand there. There's nothing systematic Absolutely. that's going on. And and unless no, and until and, we and, get there, it's not going to change. And I know you know you're preaching to the choir because that's one thing I'm very proud of. When I became the criminal justice director in Jefferson Parish, and really that's how our relationship was formed. Um, and, and I do believe we had a system in place where we were all talking, um, the mm-hmm. courts, the school system, the sheriff's office, um, and, and, and it, it's critically important in order to have success. And, and you can have reforms, but if you don't have the infrastructure in place on the front end, then those reforms are going to fail, or they certainly aren't going to be effective. And, and, you know, when you look at Texas, Texas had some infrastructure in place before their reforms, and I think they've closed like five prison facilities already. Um, because that's working. We don't have that infrastructure in place. And you're absolutely right. It has to be a system. Absolutely. I know you're busy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Thank you. We really appreciate the time and the insight. And best of luck to you. We'll be right back, folks. That's Debbie Villio, Louisiana State Representative, uh, talking about some of the bills in the crime special session. We'll be right back. Stay Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, folks. We'll have uh, Chief Ann Kirkpatrick on uh, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., so I look forward to that conversation. Uh, We will uh, talk to the chief about her first experience from a law enforcement perspective in in policing Mardi Gras here in the uh, city of New Orleans. And also, um, earlier in the week, we we had Joe Marino, former state representative who um, worked – on the Justice Re- Reinvestment Act, and, and now we had the other side of that issue in, in as it relates to Representative Vilio, whose bill uh, does kind of change some of the provisions of that. She talked about certainty and swiftness uh, being key elements that they were looking for, and obviously the certainty issue is that there's um, no question at the most that you're going to get in good time without having done anything else, is roughly uh, 15% of your sentence and that you will serve a minimum of 85. Now, if you uh, engage in some of the other programs that we talked about during the course of that interview, you have the ability to earn additional uh, good time. There's no question that DOC has had trouble uh, determining the length of a sentence for individuals. I was surprised to hear today, I was not aware of this, that you're looking at 18 pages of documents in order to calculate what when someone is supposed to be released. And now that's a better understanding as to why DOC, in many cases, misses uh, the target and people end up staying in jail longer than they were supposed to. And as a result, they sue and the state loses. We'll continue to talk about this bill as it works its way through the process and the possibility of amendments that attach to this bill as well. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Scoot joins us. What do we have coming up, Scoot? Well, Taylor Swift is in Australia. Scoot is in Laplace. The tours continue. All right. There's a new poll out that shows that uh, President Biden is leading former President Trump 49 to 45. But Trump leads in the category of being physically fit to be president. And also, um, we will um, we'll talk about a woman who wants to marry um, an A.I. hologram. I can think of some advantages to that. Absolutely. Scoots up next, folks. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We'll see you again in the morning. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 